Welcome to the Knitting on the Run podcast, where it's always knitting and running in 30 minutes or less. You can find me as Windswept Monique on Ravelry and Instagram, or as Windswept Knits on Facebook and Twitter. Show notes can be found at my website at windswepknits.com. Hello and welcome to episode 60. Thank you so much for tuning in. This week we have thank yous, FOs, whips, wearables, out and about, on the run, fitness talk, and knitting talk. And as always, it will be in 30 minutes or less. First off, I need to apologize for the sound. Uh, my laptop died. And by that, I mean, literally, it fell apart. <laughs> it's definitely not working anymore. And I'm having trouble getting the mic to work with our really old clunker of a laptop. I think I need to buy an amp to get some more power to it. But anyway, in the meantime, I am currently recording in my car with my lapel mic. Hopefully this works. I'm going to try to clean the um, audio up before I release it. Fingers crossed it is listenable. Really sorry. We're just going to go with what we have at the minute though. So first up, thank yous. Uh, Thank you one for bearing with me during this last delay. I know it's been a couple weeks since my last recording. We were sick again. (laughs) I know it's been a running theme this winter. Uh, So yeah, so um, turns out the antibiotics they gave me for the strep throat first time didn't work. It didn't get rid of the strep throat. So I came off the medicine, didn't feel, still didn't feel great. About a week later, back at the doctor, I'm now on newer, stronger medicine, which actually does seem to be working. I'm definitely feeling better. So thank you, modern medicine. We love you. Feeling better now. Um, Also, I need to say a really big thank you to my test knitters. I have one test knit winding up in the next few weeks with the pattern ready to release in early April and another one ongoing um, for May. And I've lucked into some amazing test knitters this time. You ladies are wonderful. Yes, they are all ladies this time. You ladies are just great. Uh, Also, if you have any interest in knitting summer tops, I have two coming out in the next two months. So please be sure to visit windswiftknits.com and join my email list for access to the best discount codes. I do put discount codes up in my Instagram, Facebook, etc. But my mailing list definitely gets the best codes. So if you have any interest, go ahead over there, windswiftknits.com and sign up for the email list. I promise to only email you once or twice a month at most, and I will never, ever share your data with a third party. Those are two pet peeves of mine. No spam, no selling your data. You have my solemn promise here in podcast form forever. FOs. So I have one FO this week. This is the Rhinebeck shawl. I am done. I am so happy. I've loved wearing it. Uh, For those of you who are newer to the podcast, I picked up this yarn back at Rhinebeck. I wasn't actually planning on buying yarn this past Rhinebeck in October, but I took the bus from Webb's. So I drove it's about almost two hours, hour and a half, two hours to Webb's from my house and then took the Webb's bus and I left all my knitting sitting in a bag on my sofa. Oh, I was kicking myself five hours to knit in peace with no small children asking for something every five minutes. Oh, I was so mad. So I bought some yarn and wound it there and started knitting on the way home. And I've taken this on a couple family trips with us with vacations to see all the grandparents. 
and took it to Legoland down in Florida with them over Christmas break. And I've taken it all over creation because it's, it's a really great, easy pattern. It's the Changing Staircases pattern by Dragon Horde Designs. Loved working on it. The yarn is great Adirondack Yarn Company's cotton. And it, um, I thought it was called Hyacinth, the colorway, but now I'm doubting that. I got to find the ball band. But it's a beautiful blue and purple and kind of almost not quite aqua, but like more turquoise colors. Oh, it's gorgeous. And I, I love it. I love how it came out. I'm so happy. I've worn it a bunch already. Into whips. So I've been working what I call my Magi Magi socks. I'm on the first sock. I'm almost to the heel. Um, probably will be turning the heel tonight on a date with my husband. <laughs> Um, but I'm getting really close to that. And these are, I'm calling them matchy matchy socks because I knit a pair of socks for one of my best friends from childhood for Christmas. And I knit those in, um, uh, multi-tonal blue toes, heels, cuffs, and then a gray body. And I happen to have leftovers that were just the exact opposite of that. I have some gray multi-tonals and then some blue. So I'm making myself the inverse of her socks so that when we finally get a chance to get together with the kids, maybe play this summer because she lives quite a ways away, we will have matchy-matchy socks. I also am working on two preemie hats at the moment. One held single. It's about a quarter of the way through. And one held double. And I'm almost halfway through. I may even finish that today or tomorrow because those preemie hats just fly off the needles. Um, I'm also working on two pattern samples. I can't talk much about them. There's a shawl that I'm nearly done with and a cowl, but I'm really looking forward to those. Uh, the shawl is in an alpaca silk blend from Asylum Fibers that is just beautiful. That yarn is gorgeous. The co- I mean, Asylum Fibers, her colorways are just absolutely stunning. They're beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And I can't wait to show you guys this shawl. I love it wearables. Well, we've had an odd winter here. It gets cold and then warm and then cold and then warm. So New England is just totally bonkers this winter. You know, it's been 15 and then 50 and then 15 and then 50. So, you know, some days I'm bundled up in my frosted sweater from Paper Daisy Creations or my Second Grace from Bristol Ivy. Those are both colorwork sweaters I've done in the past couple of years. And then other days I'm in a long sleeve t-shirt with a shawl around my neck. And today I have a raincoat on because it's actually 60 degrees, <laughs> which is a bit warm for us in March. So, but I've been wearing all the hand knits, you know, getting the sweaters in where I can before it gets too warm, before I bust out the summer knits, um, the summer knit tops and the sleeveless tops and stuff like that. The boys have been wearing a bunch of sweaters recently. Suddenly they seem to want to wear their sweaters. So uh, thing one has been wearing his Star Wars adaptation of the Nordic yoke pullover that I knit with R2-D2 for the uh, yoke collar, as opposed to the traditional Nordic pattern. He loves that one. And that's the Nordic yoke pullover from Patton. It's a free pattern. You can um, link, It's linked in Ravelry. You can find it there. Thing two has grown into thing one's monomoy sweater, so he's been wearing that around a bit. And there's also an ancient sweater that I made for Thing One. It's in a discontinued pattern. I forget the name of it. I can't find it. And the pattern does not exist online anymore. I've tried to find it. But it's a, a like a, a central cable down the front and the back of the sweater with a V-neck. Uh, and Thing Two has now grown into that. So he's been wearing that a bit too. Pattern stocking. Well, I have actually, it was really sweet. I've been stocking the Ice Time hat and cowl set from Jennifer Lassonde of Down Cellar Studio. And then, like a day later, she actually gifted it to me. It was so nice. Thank you very much, Jen. So, full disclosure, she gifted it to me, but I, I liked this pattern before she did. Um, I'd seen this for her photos, and I love this hat. 
And I'm not going to give away the secret sauce because it is a paid for pattern. But if you've seen her photos, it looks really complicated, but it's genius. It's actually really simple. It uses very, very thin, simple cables and some slip stitches to make that pattern that you see. And it's absolutely genius. And it looks like it's going to knit up really quickly. So I've been wishing all winter that I had a ponytail hat because I get cold really easily, especially my ears, but I've got long hair. So once you put a hat on long curly hair, you have hat head for the rest of the day. So you just want to throw your hair in a ponytail to get rid of the hat head, but then you're freezing because you don't have a hat. So even in March, I still wear hats sometimes because it can get cold around here. So I'm thinking I might whip this up maybe over the next couple days for myself as a nice little treat. You know, then I'll have a hat that I can wear with a ponytail, you know, take it off in the middle of the day with the ponytail, but wear it, you know, for school drop-off when it's still cool. I don't know, but definitely check out this pattern. The Ice Time hat, and she's got a matching cowl out now as well, and they are both really awesome. So for knitting talk, uh, I thought I'd do a quick talk about fiber allergies. I haven't talked about this in a while, and we have got a bunch of new listeners and every now and then I get a question for somebody asking why I always talk about plant-based yarns. Um, so I thought with all these new listeners, let's, uh, let's talk about this again. So yeah, it's true. You won't hear me talk about wool yarns here. I am terribly allergic to wool and sheep, and I'm also more mildly allergic to other animals and their fibers to a lesser degree. Um, yes, that includes my cats. I actually am allergic to my cats, but I love them, so I just basically have a constantly runny nose and just kind of live with it, but it's okay. Um, so when I say allergies, yes, I have been tested by an allergist. Yes, I've even had allergy shots the whole nine yards. I've been through the ringer. Um, so yes, allergy tests uh, are wonderful. They hurt like the dickens, but it's worth it if you're trying to figure out what you're reacting to so then you can avoid it in the future. So I am a big fan of allergists. It's a wonderful profession. They are awesome people. So, um, for example, the alpaca silk blend I talked about earlier, I'm working with it on a shawl pattern and it is gorgeous and it is super soft and it's a dream to work with. I just wish I wasn't allergic to it because I react to it. I have to wash my hands every 45 to 60 minutes or so, and then maybe spend five minutes doing something else before I can go back to it. Sometimes if I walk on it too much, I have to just like stop. Uh, I brought it to my knitting group one day and worked on it for two hours and my hands felt like, uh, you know when you've been dealing with something really rough, like a coarse rope, and it kind of feels like something's wearing away at your finger pads, almost like they're, it's like wearing your fingerprints off kind of thing? That's what it felt like after knitting with alpaca for about two hours. Um, same thing with, I've dealt with cashmere and stuff. I have to wash my hands after about 45 minutes or so. Otherwise, I start to get that kind of tingly, itchy, this, you know, I'm, I'm just reacting to the fiber content. Um, sheep's wool is worse. I have about 20 minutes. We learned that um, at age when I was four years old, my great grandmother gifted me a beautiful wool coat and a matching hat. And my mom bundled me up and sent me off to morning preschool. And I came home covered head to toe in hives. <laughs> yeah, um, like, oh, my grandmother felt, my great grandmother felt so awful. But, you know, she had no way of knowing. Totally wasn't her fault. It was just, you know, bad luck. My last major reaction was about 15 years ago now. Um, my now husband and I, we were starting our, you know, a grand adventure backpacking around Europe together, having a blast. It was our first or second night there. We were in London. Didn't realize that 
Wool blankets at London hotels were even an option because you just don't see them in the U.S., especially in cheaper hotels. Um, so it was hot. We slept without the blankets on that night. I don't think our hotel had air conditioning, if I remember correctly. Um, and sometime during the night, I tucked my feet under the blanket. Uh, when I woke up, my ankles had doubled in size. And I, I mean that extremely literally. They were twice as wide around as they normally are. I have scrawny little ankles, and suddenly I had... Like there was no ankle, like my foot and my calf. And there was just, there was no ankle left. Um, I couldn't get my shoes on. Mind you, we are, you know, backpacking around Europe. So I didn't exactly have a lot of shoes with me. I had just a couple. I had like one pair of dress shoes, one pair of sandals, one pair of walking shoes. And I think, you know, sneakers just in case something went wrong. Because you know how, you know, Americans wearing sneakers and baseball caps abroad is kind of the stereotype. So, well, thank goodness I brought the sneakers. I had to finally unlace the sneakers and then eventually, with some help, I managed to jam my feet into them. It was it was really bad. Uh, it took about a week for them to return to their normal size. So, uh, yes, wool allergies are real. Uh, no, we do not mean it just makes our skin itchy, though that happens to some people. Um, itchy skin is certainly a symptom. But when someone tells you they're allergic to wool, give them the benefit of the doubt. They may mean their skin is itchy, or they may mean they really are actually allergic and may have a nasty reaction to it. Out and about. So uh, about a week or two ago, I went to the Wayland Farm and Fiber Festival, and that is up at the Russell Garden Center in Wayland, Mass. And I hadn't made it, so this is the second one for this year. I missed the first one, and I missed both last year. And I think it just started up last year, though I'm not positive. So this was my first time going, and I was really excited. It was lovely. There were some great vendors there. And they also had some really good food there, too. Uh, I definitely had some stuff to nibble on, and I brought some stuff home for my husband. And, oh, it was marvelous. I definitely recommend, if you're anywhere in the area, check it out. And I was super excited because not every single vendor there had wool yarn. Uh, most of the vendors there were wool. And that's typical. I, I go into any event expecting 99%, if not 100%, to be selling wool. But they also had um, one booth selling um, cashmere and silk and alpaca roving singular without wool blends in it, which was really exciting. And they even had someone with cotton yarn and linen yarn. Oh, it was lovely. And she had hand-dyed cotton fiber. Uh, I love to spin cotton, as you folks know. So I was super excited. I came home with a gradient set that she called Lava Flow, going from a really rich, deep red all the way through to um, like a charcoal gray. I can't wait to spin it up and make a gradient shawl out of it and wear it on a date sometime with my husband. I also ran into Boston Jen there, which was really exciting. I've met Jen several times in the past, and she's lovely, and I'm definitely a fan of her patterns. And it was especially exciting because I was actually wearing one of her patterns that day. <laughs> I was wearing the Tanhouse Brooks shawl that I knit. It's a pattern of hers that I really enjoy, and I knit that up using some hand spun that I spun out of Hipstrings Cotton Fiber. And I definitely recommend this shawl. I will probably be knitting it again in the future. It was just enough. It, let's say, so there's some simple sections, like, um, like, like, a e easy sections. I don't want to give away the secret sauce because it is a paid for pattern, but there's also some a little bit more. I don't want to say intricate because it's not intricate. There, it's a, it's a pattern stitch, but it's easy to learn. And once you've got it, you've got it. You, you can do it really quickly and, and really easily, but it changes just often enough that you're never getting bored, which is really nice. So I definitely recommend the Tanhouse Brook shawl. 
And if you uh, do not listen to Jen's podcast, Down Cellar Studio, you definitely should. It's a great show, and I love listening to it. And hello, Jen. It was so nice to see you again. And I also ran into, um, if you are a follower of uh, Boston Jen's or you're part of her um, Ravelry group, you'll know the moderator, Lisa. So I got to meet Lisa for the first time, which was really exciting. I've interacted with her a whole bunch on Instagram, but I'd never gotten the opportunity to meet her before. So hello, Lisa. It was so nice to meet you in person. I got big hugs from both of them. It was wonderful. I got to meet some other friends of theirs, and it was just a great time. So continuing in Out and About, I'm not sure if I'll be able to make it to any of these, but they're upcoming and I am hoping to make it to at least maybe one or two, or maybe all of them, if I'm really lucky. Uh, so I put these in order of appearance. So next up, Connecticut Sheep and Wool on April 17th in Vernon, Connecticut. And that is the same day as the Sheep Shearing Festival at Gore Place on April 27th also. That's in Waltham, Massachusetts. New Hampshire Sheep and Wool is coming up May 11th and 12th. Then there's Wool Days at the Old Sturbridge Village in Sturbridge, Massachusetts. That's May 25th to 27th. And lastly, coming up in May that same weekend is the Massachusetts Sheep and Woolcraft Fair on May 25th in Cummington, Massachusetts. On the run. Well, for a change of pace, I actually ran. <laughs> kind of exciting, huh, given the name of this podcast. Considering <laughs> how much I have not been running recently. Well, I should admit, I did a run-walk run, Jeff Galloway style, for a mile. I was going to go swimming on Monday, and the pool was closed due to someone having an accident and them having to clean the pool, which is gross, but I'm glad they cleaned the pool and all that kind of fun stuff. But anyway, so I went and ran a mile. Also on Wednesday, I had a new personal record in the pool, for me at least. I swam 20 laps. That is just a shade over a mile. It's about, I think, 0.55 miles, which is about 0.88 kilometers, I believe, if I've done the math right. So that is by far the farthest I've ever swum, which is really exciting. And I have been rather sore for the last few days. Uh, definitely didn't swim the whole way without stopping. Had to stop and take a couple breaks, but I am getting better at it. Um, I'm getting more efficient. So I've taken now two swimming lessons this year um, at our local YMCA. I actually paid for lessons with my son's swimming teacher, just two half hour individual lessons. They were very reasonable, $25 for one lesson. So it's great if you only need one lesson or two lessons, you know, you don't have to pay for the whole session of swimming lessons. Um, and I learned a whole lot and I really am getting better. And I've noticed actual improvement, like real tangible improvement um, from what my um, coach or coach, teacher, whatever we want to call her, swimming teacher, uh, has taught me on how to, how to swim better, how to swim more efficiently so that I'm not working as hard uh, to do something that shouldn't take much effort. So I am really excited. I'm improving. I'm getting fit. It's easier to do the distances. It's not easy, but it's definitely easier. I'm getting more comfortable with rotary breathing and all the breathing techniques. Um, basically, I'm just excited because I'm, I'm actually getting better. Fitness talk. So I thought I'd bring this one up because it's something I've been working on this week, and that is using a tennis ball as a foam roller. I know we've talked about foam rolling in the past, and I still think it is marvelous and something everybody who exercises should be doing, but foam rollers don't work on all muscles. They really don't work very well on deep muscles. For example, your lower back, your butt, your calves, they don't work great. They work really well on 
you know, your, your hamstrings and your quads, sometimes even like your, your upper arms, your IT bands, they're marvelous, though it hurts like the dickens. They're marvelous for rolling knots out of your IT bands, but they just don't work well on the really deep, fleshy muscles. So I'm going to walk you through how to use a tennis ball to roll out knots in your muscles. As always, if you are experiencing any kind of chronic pain, please go see a health professional. I am not a health professional. I am just trying to share things I have learned the hard way so you don't end, your, you don't end up injured like I have in the past. So to use a tennis ball to roll out knots in your lower back, so you want you to stand in front of the wall, just a plain old bare wall, put a tennis ball between the wall and your back just above your pelvic bone. Now slowly and gently, sorry, lean into the ball as much or as little as you can take and squat to roll the ball up towards your ribs, being very careful not to roll over your spine. Never ever roll anything hard over your spine. Foam roller, tennis ball, I think never roll your spine. Also, you can lean side to side gently while you're down in the squat or as you're going up and down to roll the ball from side to side from your spine out towards your side, I should say. If you find a painful spot, that's a knot. Keep the tennis ball there for about 30 to 60 seconds, applying gentle pressure. You can also roll over the knot a few times. If you've got a really large knot or an old one, it may take several sessions over multiple days to work out the knot. Or if you have a prior injury, you may be prone to getting knots there and you may have to roll out that spot every time you work out. Using a similar idea, you can roll your butt either against the wall or against the ground and roll your calf muscle against the ground with the tennis ball. And I have to say, it really works wonders, especially if you're prone to like lower back pain or something because your muscles just tense up. I'm not going to lie, it's not going to be pleasant to roll out the knots, but afterwards it's going to really make a difference. You'll notice how much of more natural flexibility you get back into your back. I've been using a tennis ball in conjunction with either an ice pack if I've been working out or in days where I'm not working out, um, sitting or leaning against a heating pad just to bring blood flow back to the area. And it makes a huge, huge difference. Well, I'm going to end the podcast there. We're getting awfully close to our 30 minute mark and I definitely don't want to go over. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you all have a wonderful week ahead. I'm hoping to actually record two weeks in a row next week which would be a miracle given the winter we've had, but we're dry. So keep those legs and those needles moving. Bye-bye.